Hello and welcome to Unbiased. I'm your host, Michael Hairston. I greatly appreciate you tuning in today. There are a lot of things vying for your attention and time, yet you chose to spend a few minutes listening to the words of wisdom and experience that I want to share today, and I do not take that for granted. So let's get into today's topic as we talk about things that can help empower your decisions and spark your conversation concerning personal finance. All right, everybody, let's get into today's podcast. I want to continue on our conversation regarding side hustles and the financial impact of side hustles. But before we actually get into the meat of today's conversation, I just want to give an acknowledgement of, of the year so far in 2021. We're three months into the year, and I got to say it's been a wild start. Uh, when I look at the financial markets, they've been very volatile, particularly when you look at game stock and cryptocurrency. Like those are the two big things that have been uh, dominating the financial news about game stock and how uh, that stock has just been moving all over the place. And then cryptocurrency and just how explosive the growth has been with that the last two, uh, the last two months, the last three months. And I got to say, when I look at the financial markets and the volatility, particularly as it relates to game stock and cryptocurrency and then all the other surrounding things that's been happening in 2021 it has definitely been a unbelievable wild start for sure and you know when i look back at what's taking place in the financial markets and specifically about game stock and cryptocurrency you know it i i, I was looking deeper as to what happened and what caused both of those assets to really explode and and what i found is that uh chat rooms have been very instrumental in the growth of that of those two assets and many other assets. I'm just not I'm just talking about these two because you hear a lot about them in the news. But there's been a explosive growth in financial assets all related to chat rooms where people get together, share ideas and talk. And who would have thought that these type of rooms where information is being shared could produce such a powerful move in action in these specific stocks and in other stocks and assets as well. And I bring this up because it points to the importance of technology and how folks are using technology to make an impact in the world today. And the use of technology and its impact can be seen also not just in the financial markets, but it can also be seen in the small business sector. Now, I know what you're thinking before I get going is like, dude, we're in the midst of a pandemic and small businesses are hurting. So what in the world are you talking about? Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that and express your thought process or allow me to express your thought process for you. So let me give you some key stats for 2020 that I recently ran across that were really, really mind blowing to me. And these stats come from the U.S. Uh, Small Business Administration. Did you know in the U.S. that there are 31.7 million small businesses and over 60% of the small businesses are using technology to make their impact? Two, if you look at the recent census data that was done, there were 3.7 million new business applications filed in 2018 and the same amount of new business applications filed in 2019. But in 2020, the number was 4.41 million. So there were in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, there were 4.41 million new business applications filed in 2020. That's a 20%, 27% increase from 2019. And I, as I was digging through the statistics, I also learned that that is the largest jump in a decade. So in a time when a pandemic would take place, 
people got out and were filing for new businesses and to start new businesses. And they led to a 27% increase over 2019, which is the largest jump in tech in a, in a decade. That's, that's saying a lot. So then I started to look at the 2020 new business applications that were filed because someone could say, okay, you know, maybe a lot of that new business filings took place at the beginning of the year before the pandemic and it tailored off toward the end. Well, actually the opposite happened. In Q3 of 2020, you had 1.56 million new business applications that were filed. So of that 4.41 that was filed in total for 2021, for 2020, there were 4.41 million new business applications filed. So of that, you had uh, 1.56 million that was filed in third quarter of 2020. And then in fourth quarter, you had 1.12 million that were filed in fourth quarter. So the combination of third and fourth quarter is about 2.7 million new business applications. So almost over half, almost 60% of, of the 4.41 million of new business applications that were filed in total for 2020, over 60% of them, almost 60% of them happened in, in third quarter and fourth quarter 2020 when we were square in the midst of the pandemic. So the bottom line is this small business is booming because folks are taking advantage of opportunities and using technology to their advantage. So before I go on, I want to give a quick shout out to our last podcast guest, and that's his name was Donald Washington III. And if you didn't pay attention to this podcast, I highly recommend that you do. So Donald is a former NFL player and Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, he spent a he spoke at length about spotting opportunities in the midst of challenges and then seizing the opportunities, even though you aren't fully ready for them. So he shared his life story, things that happened when he was playing college ball, how it helped him go on to play in the NFL for six years. And then also even after he was done playing, how he's made his transition into what he's doing now. And during the, the, the conversation, what became evident is the need to seize opportunities when they come, because you don't know what the future holds. And when you see an opportunity, even though you may not be fully prepared for it, you need to seize it and, and learn how to be prepared along the way. And that conversation that we had with Donald Washington III, it might seem like it was out of place, but it was really in it was really right in line with what we've been talking about as far as side hustles, because the things that he shared, that's what you see small business operators doing today. And if you're if you're an entrepreneur, that's what you're doing today, which is seizing opportunities. Now, there were some valuable lessons and gems that Donald provided us, and I want to just share a few quickly. <laughs> Number one, which is there's never a perfect time to do it. So just do it. You know, you're, you're not going to have all the information. So just do what you know, you should, just do what you can do, use what you have and continue to keep investing in your craft. That was the second thing he mentioned, which is invest in your game. And that requires training and coaching, being coachable. That, re that requires practice, that requires patience, that requires consistency and focus. The other thing he mentioned was to be ready, never be the weak link and then coach others around you so that they can also be as strong as possible. Man, that's leadership one-on-one right there. And my personal favorite that he dropped is you can't achieve, you can't achieve a million dollar dream with a $10 effort. <laughs> that just touched me and tickled me, but it's the truth. You can't achieve a million dollar dream with $10, $10 effort. So if you want to achieve something, you got to put forth the effort necessary to match the dream that you're, 
you're pursuing. So in all, the, the, the podcast was fantastic. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to his interview, part one and part two, be sure to do so. So now moving from the shout out back to this conversation about side hustles and, you know, the statistics that I mentioned about new business filings being up 29, 27% over 2019, all of that's great stuff. Well, there were two more statistics that I ran across that really stood out to me. And that were this 78% of small businesses usually and generally report a profit. I thought that that was great. 78% of small businesses generally report a profit. But what I found stunning was that 50% of small businesses don't survive after five years. Now, let that sink in for a moment. 78% will, will report a profit, but within five years, 50% will not survive. Now, these two things don't seem to line up to me. And I don't know, maybe I see it differently, but they don't seem to, to line up. I mean, if you're making a profit, you would think that you would have the ability to sustain yourself beyond five years. And to me, as I look at those two, those two statistics, uh, and they're not indicative of one another or, or necessarily correlated. But to me, as I look at them, they point out an issue that could be financially related. I mean, listen, your business cash flow will dictate the direction of your business. And I think you will agree with me. That's fundamental and universally known. So if 50% aren't making it beyond five years, what can be done to support those businesses? And that's the primary reason for this podcast and then me even launching Unbiased Money and us talking about side hustles and financial impact because the goal is to provide information to those who are starting a business as well as those who are already in business right now with real information that is relevant and practical so that they can empower, they can be empowered financially. And if you, if we got, think about it this way. <clears throat> If you have more small businesses surviving beyond five years through the efforts of education and enlightenment, and they do things differently. So as they make profit, they're able to reinvest in their business or do things differently with their finances so that they can survive beyond five years. Then you'll have more potential employers. You'll have more community impact agents, and then you'll have potentially higher income earners. And all of that is good for the overall economy as well as overall growing personal wealth. So my goal is to help you get ready, stay ready financially. So when the cash starts to flow in, you're ready and you can handle it. So going back to this glaring stat, you know, 78% will report a profit, but 50% will close up shop in five years. I can't get past that. So that's why I keep saying it. And again, these two things are not directly correlated, but they, but you got to admit, there is something here to point out. And, and what, as I was thinking about this, this took me back to my conversation I was having with Donald Washington, where, you know, I asked him a question and I'm going to pose, I asked him a question about how did he get ready for the business and financial side of playing in the NFL? So as I'm talking to individuals who are business owners and entrepreneurs today, and those who are interested in it, my question to you is, how many of you are financially ready or really business finance ready? Meaning that you, you're ready to handle, not just handle and launch your business, but you're ready to handle the finances that come along with your business. You know, that, that, that's a valid question I would ask you to sit back 
and, and, and evaluate. And I asked Donald this questions, how did he get ready for the business and financial side of playing in the NFL? And he spit real knowledge and experience. And this is what he said. He knew the athletic piece and what it took to be a great athlete, but he never had anything to really prepare her, prepare him for the business and financial side. And that was real. In fact, it was even eye opening for me, you know, being being uh, having being that I have a lot of experience in working with professional athletes. I never sat down and thought about it myself, about how are they positioning themselves to be prepared for the business and financial side? And do they come into their craft thinking and knowing that it's a business and, and there's financial implications behind it? I will say things have definitely changed from when I first started to now. And I, and I believe that there is more education and good things that are happening to, to uh, open the eyes and enlighten today's future athletes. And I think that that's great. But the comment that Donald made, which is when he was coming through, that there was nothing to really prepare him for the business and financial side, that really got me thinking. And it got me thinking that this is particularly true for business owners as well, meaning that when you're a business owner, you know the product and service game, you, you know, you know it to a T and, you, and you're prepared to play that so well. You know what you want to make. You know what you want to sell. You know what you want to pitch. You know that you what you want to offer the community. You know that so well. You know that in and out. But yet when it comes to the business finance side of it, it's often overlooked or underinvested because the focus is on growing your game skills, not necessarily growing your business financial skills. So I ask you right now, what is your business financial readiness and awareness like? Is it high or is it low? Do you feel prepared or over or or, or, or overwhelmed? Do you feel prepared or overwhelmed? And frankly, have you ever thought about business financial readiness before? So when I say business financial readiness, this is what I mean. Do you know, use or can review basic financial statements such as an income statement? cash flow model, revenue performer, cost analysis, and balance sheets. Just these basic fundamental tools. Do you know them? Do you use them? Can you review them? Can you prepare them? Though that to me, that's just the foundation for starting to be, uh, to, ha to have business financial readiness because all of these are vital business documents and tools that are necessary tools for your business operation, for filing your income taxes for your business, and even applying for business finances. So these tools that I just mentioned, meaning that the uh, income statement, a cash flow model, revenue performer, cost analysis, balance sheet, these are all tools that can help you manage the financial side of your business. They can raise red flags when challenges occur and point you to potential opportunities. So bottom line, your, your awareness about these tools can help you level up and then or level out. So it's how much time and energy are you investing in becoming financially ready? You know, so this, and, and I don't know if that's grammatically correct for this podcast, but so for today it is being business financially ready. So we're going to use that for today. And again, as a business owner, you know, the, the thought process is always about bringing in the next dollar, bringing in the next dollar, bringing in the next dollar. And that's all well and good to have a system to bring in the revenue. But if you don't control the cash flow, not just how it comes in, but then how it goes out, 
you're going to have a problem with your business. And I don't mean just from a profitability standpoint, but then how to control cash flow so that you can be able to sustain yourself in future years and et cetera. So all of this is part of being business financially ready. And I bring this all up because a common issue and challenge I see with business owners is there's no separation between the individual finance and the business finance. Now, the most egregious is when business income is paid to the individual. We all agree that that's not the best way. And that's that, that's definitely not the way that you separate yourself, where your business income is paid to you as an individual. Uh, the challenge that I'm referring to right now goes way beyond putting business income into a business account or lack of putting business income into a business account, which for the record, if for my CPA friends, what they would tell you if they're on the podcast right now is that you should, if you're getting business income, you should definitely separate it from you personally, put it into an account with a business name, let it go there at a minimum. So let's all agree on that. But what I'm talking about is it goes beyond just that. The most common challenge uh, I encounter is when the cash flows between the business and the individual move like water. And, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, water kind of ebbs and flows. Um, it has no beginning and it has no end. So sometimes it'll, it'll butt up against something to which it'll stop. But when it stops at that point, the water tends to base, it doesn't stop. It stop its motion. It just redirects its motion back to a different place. So to me, the, the issue that I'm raising is when cash flow between the business and individual move like water. It's how money flows between the business and you that makes it difficult to separate what's really business from what's really personal. So let me say it another way. It's taking liberties with the business account for personal activities. And this confusion is real because it makes the job of the financial professional, whether that's a CPA, a bookkeeper, a financial advisor, it makes the job really difficult to develop the foundational tools that we talked about, i.e. the income statement, the cash flow model, the balance sheets, and et cetera. It makes it difficult to develop those tools that you need to evaluate the performance of your business as well as the valuation of your business. Now, let me say that last part again, because this might be a new concept, the valuation of your business. The valuation of your business can be tracked to your financial statements as they indicate what's owned, how much it is, what was invested, and what the ownership is in the in the business. We've talked in this podcast at length about if you're going to invest, you want to buy low and sell high. The whole point behind investing, even with a business, is that you're investing money into something that you believe will grow substantially in value over time. Well, the the financial tools that will help you be business financially ready are a way to be able to start to put a handle around the valuation of your investment into your practice and if your business is really growing and will be worth something. Because that's the name of the game, right? You want, you're investing in this business because you want to grow your business. This requires capital either, and to grow your business, that means you got to have money. And that means you got to have money either through private investment or through a bank. So let me ask you, how can you ask for capital from anybody if you cannot provide accurate records of how you use the capital that you once had? Or how can you ask for capital if you cannot provide accurate records about how the capital that once was invested, how it's grown or what it's done? See, many banks will not lend money without these fundamental documents that we that I'm just talking about. And if you do have them, they know how to read them and will ask you questions if things don't look right. And if they aren't sure, 
they will, if they aren't sure about your business, they aren't sure about your records, then they'll ask you to personally guarantee the loan. And a lot of people I talk to, they want a business loan or they want business financing of some sort, but they don't want to personally guarantee. This is where they want the separation. And I think that that's great that they want that separation, but the only way to be able to get that separation and ensure it is that the business operates like it's supposed to, and it operates as a true business separate from yourself. So again, the goal is to grow your business and you want to see it grow into something fantastic and grow into something that's valuable. So how can you tell someone your value without these fundamental tools? So you got to have these fundamental tools and know what they say and what they mean. And it's because it's vital to your long-term success. Remember, I just talked about 50% of the businesses that start don't last beyond five years. Well, give yourself the best chance of success by developing these financial tools and invest time and energy in learning how these tools and other financial tools can help to empower your decisions regarding your finances with your business and then empower your discussions with financial professionals where you can keep them accountable. And that's the big thing that I want to point out. You know, as a business owner, you are successful at what you do and then you offload what you don't do well to other people, including bookkeeping and finances, that stuff you might hire other professionals to do. But at the end of the day, you need to keep them accountable. Well, how do you keep them accountable? By investing your time and energy to learn about your personal, uh, your business financial statements, how they're being put together and the, and what makes up your business financial statements so that you can become empowered and have adequate discussions with your financial professionals. And then you're able to keep them accountable as information is being presented back to you because accountability is huge. And at the end of the day, if there's an issue and you have to go to court, the court is not going to look at the person that put the information together. They're going to look at you as the business owner because it's your responsibility. So with that, let me give you a quick story. I have a friend of mine uh, who I've known for man, about 20, 20, about 25 years who I've known. I love her to death. Uh, she's an entrepreneur. And about 15 years ago, uh, she had a business and she was doing well with that particular business. And she gave uh, the, uh, the, her partner that she had, she gave that partner the ability to manage the finances. And she trusted in someone to manage the finances and the finance and trusted in a financial professional to manage the finances of the business while she does what she's supposed to do with the business to continue to help it grow. Well, things were going, things were going well, things were going well. And then lo and behold, there was an issue that came up with the financial, with the finances. That finance, that one issue snowballed into a bunch of other things because as they began to dig into, they found out a bunch of other things that were going on that eventually caused this business owner, my friend, substantial problems, not just from a legal standpoint, but from a tax standpoint. And so much so that my friend actually had to end up doing jail time because of what happened with the finances. So I'm sharing this story as a lesson in that you want to be knowledgeable so that you can hold people accountable because at the end of the day, you will be the one 
that will stand up and have to take the fall for your company, just like you want to be the one to reap the reward for the success of your business. So you have to be accountable. You have to be how you have to know how to hold the financial professionals that you're working with accountable, but you also have to know how to be able to spot opportunities when the time comes and you can spot them yourself. And then you can know what moves you need to make to grow your business and what feels right to you. But having this knowledge and being finance, business financially ready is of utmost important. So the lesson here is don't wait until you have to know it all to make a move because that's not what I'm saying. And I need to make that clear. It, you just need to invest some time as you're going along, launching your business and learning how to be business financially ready. You know, don't wait till the problem occurs to then want to try to learn all you can to be finance, business financially ready. It's too late at that point, you know, because when a problem occurs, you got to deal with that problem and you can't necessarily solve that problem at that point. So what you want to do is you want to learn as you go, grow as you go, make it intentional. So, and I want to clear up that statement I made about you can't solve a problem when it comes up. You absolutely can solve a problem when it comes up. It's just going to take you a long time. And depending upon that problem, like what encounter with my friend, the money was gone and there was no way to go back to bring that money back. So this, the next solution was going to jail. So that's what I mean when you, you create a problem that you can't solve, you create a problem you can't solve it in the optimal way. So you have to look for additional outlets to solve it. And those additional outlets may take away from uh, the value of the business, or they may cause the business to be shut down because things weren't addressed the right way in the beginning. So again, you know, I'm talking a lot about business financial readiness. That may not be your cup of tea. I get it. But that don't let that stop you from making your moves and going forward and launching. It's just you have to, as you launch and as you continue to operate your business, you need to be intentional about investing time and energy to learn how to be business financially ready, to learn how to be able to, at a bare minimum, in my opinion, to be able to learn how to craft and, and read the financial statements to know what they mean and their impact upon your business and in their your business and then your decision business decision making so that you can then hold the professionals who are putting these things together accountable and then you can use these things to accelerate your business and give you the highest chance of success in the future so again you know do what you know and to me you know learning at least how to be able to read the financial statements that is a skill that should be fundamental and for all business owners. So when I say the financial statements, let me go over each one and it's important really, really quick. So income projection is an annual exercise you do to project the profitability of your business by forecasting income and expenses, income and, and potential expenses. So here's the income I'm forecasting. Here's the potential expenses that come along. Here's a profitability that I imagine that I would have. And it serves as a model for you to operate your business for the next year. So the next one is a cash flow model. Again, this is an annual exercise to project if you have positive or negative cash flow. And it's not, cash flow is not what you got in the bank. So cash flow model is a little different because there's other items that you have access to that can potentially create cash flow versus um, things that you, versus 
you know, versus what you have in a bank. For example, you might be selling a product and somebody has to pay you on terms. That is that goes into your cash flow model to know when that money is supposed to come to you and then how it's and and at what when it's supposed to come to you. And it also helps you point out that if you haven't been paid, then okay, that means that your cash flow model is impacted. So you can't make certain business decisions in the future. So a cash flow model is very important because again, it points out and projects if you have positive or negative cash flow. And if it's negative, then you need to find financing or investment to carry you. Um, uh, and thus, you know, you have to have the financial, the, the cash flow model prepared so that you can get yourself ready to pitch that to whoever you're asking for either investment or financing, because they're going to know, you know, if I give you this money, when am I going to get this money back? Well, the cash flow model can help to answer that question. So cash flow model. So the third one is a revenue performer. This is an annual exercise to project all potential revenue and the cost of obtaining that revenue. So this is a, a really big one to me. So with this one, you sit down and you list out all the potential revenue opportunities that are out there. And what is it going to cost you to to secure that revenue opportunity? Because the, the gross revenue that you bring in, there's a difference between the gross revenue and then uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the the gross revenue. And then there is something called gross margin. So meaning the, re the revenue that you bring in and then the cost that uh, it, it takes you to uh, to to obtain that revenue that is subtracted. The cost is subtracted from the actual revenue to say, OK, here is my gross margin or uh, my net revenue. So then from your net revenue is where you start to plan your operational business expenses. So revenue performance is highly, uh, highly important. And basically in its simplest form, it's just a projection of all potential revenue uh, outlets and sources. And then what does it cost you to obtain that revenue? The last one is a big one to me. And this is out of all the ones I mentioned, I'd say this is probably the second most important one. Actually, all of them are important, but this one was very, very important. So I'm not even going to put a number on the, on the importance because all of them are important, but this one is definitely important. It's called a balance sheet. In our earlier podcast, I talked about personal net worth and that's assessing your assets and liabilities to figure out what your net worth. Well, the balance sheet does the same thing for a business, meaning that it, it summarizes your business assets, looks at all your business liabilities, and then it has something called equity, which is the difference between your assets and liability. So the equity is known as owner equity. And that owner equity piece is a killer. So I want to talk about that really, really quickly, because this is something I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Remember, I talked about you want to know the valuation of the company, but you also want to know as an owner how much money I put in and what's the value of my equity investment in my business. And knowing owner equity is a must, because as a financial planner, this tells me how much you've invested in the business and if the business investment is growing. Remember, 50% of businesses don't make it beyond five years. So the problem is owner equity went negative and continued to stay negative. That means their investment reduced over time and they didn't catch it and didn't know it. So doing a balance sheet annually can point out potential issues with owner equity that is going negative. Thus, it gives you time to address it if you do it on a consistent basis. And to me, owner equity is everything because if you want to sell a business, Owner equity is an indication of, of the minimal value that you should get as a owner, which is a return of your investment. So you want to know that. And if you know equity value, if you know what your equity value is, it's extremely difficult 
then it, it, let me put it this way. If you don't know your equity value, it's extremely difficult to know the true value of your business and then how to negotiate a potential sale or having additional investors. And this is a big one that I see where I, I run across business owners who want to have investors in their business, but they're not sure of their own equity position in the business and the own they're and, and not sure of the growth of that equity position in the business. So they pitch to investors, hey, come invest in my business. And as a financial advisor that also works with investors, what we want to see or what you should be able to point out is, hey, I've invested this amount of money in my business and it's grown exponentially over this time. If you can't point that out to invest to an investor, not to say that they won't invest, but then they're looking at other things within your business, including maybe asserting themselves in your business to be able to make sure that their investment proves positive. So owner equity is everything. And again, that's the whole point behind starting a business is that you want to own something. But if you want to own something, you want to make sure what you own grows in value. So doing a balance sheet can help you point out owner equity and because owner equity is everything. If you didn't catch it, I said owner equity is everything. So hopefully you can see the, the benefit of these, fund, uh, these fundamental tools and, and you can see the benefit that they provide. And uh, hopefully you'll get yourself uh, prepared, psyched up um, and ready to invest some time and energy to learn how to put these tools together. If they have been put together for you, if you have a business and they've been put together or been put together for you by your financial professionals, sit down with them and have them walk you through what they did and why. And then that's a good place to kind of start if you're getting ready to start a business and as you're getting ready to start a business, what I would tell you is focus a lot on the first three, which is the income projection, the cash flow model, and then your revenue performer for your first year of operation. And then after your first year is when you want to move to the balance sheet side. So those are just some tidbits and some things to give you um, as we wrap up today's uh, conversation. But let me leave you with some uh, uh, some other key takeaways, too, as we go through this and as we close up today. Just know that Donald Washington said it best. You know, you're never going to have perfect information. So just get out there and just do it. You know, today is just as good as any day to start your new side hustle. And also today is just as good as any day to invest in your current side hustle that you have. Now, before you start or even while you're operating your side hustle and going hard to try to win, take time to invest in becoming business financially ready. That means you learn how to separate yourself from the business. You don't raid the corporate account or mix business and personal. The goal is to present the business as successful as possible to win potential new business investment or financing. That's the whole goal. Because again, your ownership stake in the business, you want to see it grow. So you got to be able to sh don't raid the corporate account, don't mix business with personal, but do everything you can to, to, to make sure you present the business as successful as possible, because you never know when somebody might come around and want to invest in your idea or they might want to buy your business. So you got to know then in this case, when you see something like that or an opportunity that might come up, you got to be ready for it. So that means you got to know how to read and hopefully develop those core fun uh, fundamental tools that I mentioned. That's at a minimum. 
and you want to work with financial professionals to help you see the whole financial picture, not just the revenue or the profit side. Again, you want to see your ownership grow. So if your ownership is going to grow, you got to be able to see the forest from the trees. And that's where working with a financial professional can help you see the full picture. But you also want to make sure that you're able to hold those financial people accountable as they prepare and present information to you. Listen, it's all about being ready and staying ready. And so that when the cash comes in, you can handle it with ease. Because remember, as your business cash flow goes, so does the direction of your business. And you always want to flow up. You always want the flow to move up. You always want the investment to go up. Remember, we are buying low and selling high. You always want to go and push it as high as possible. So keep investing in being financially ready so that your business can continue to level up. That's my time. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have some other things in the future. I hope that you'll continue to pay attention because we'll have some other special guests as we can cont continue on with this series talking about side hustles. Thank you for tuning in today to this episode of Unbiased. I hope today's conversation empowered your decisions and sparked your conversation or maybe even sparked a different thought concerning your personal finances. And I greatly appreciate you again tuning in today. Feel free to reach out to me uh, via social media. My Twitter handle is Hairston, that's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N underscore Mike. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Michael G. Hairston, MBA. Or you can reach out to me via email at Michael at Alpha Financial, that's one word, dot com. Again, that's email is Michael at Alpha Financial dot com. Thank you very much, and I will look forward to speaking to you again soon.